Good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to my podcast. This is for the week ending Sunday, September 27th. And uh, this is, we're taping this the day after the debates last night. And so it colors my commentary, mood, etc. But here we go. Let's get right into it. I wrote this prior to the debates. Trump likely to win, so buckle up. And I'll go into why I say that, and I don't take that lightly. Uh, watch out for zombies. And uh, lastly, COVID-19 vaccines, buying the rumor and selling the news seems pretty likely. Let me take a step back. Uh, I, driving over here in the wind and rain, uh, frankly, was what getting my blood pressure up after uh, the debates last night. Uh, the commentary from both the right and left is... Uh, is uh, uh, when dumpster fire is 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 the uh, the tame description of the event last night, it's uh, you know problematic to say to say the least. So I'm going to take a deep breath. I recommend you do, and take a step back. Uh, this is an imperfect process. We scour the country of 340 million people. These are the two best people we came up with f- through a very flawed process to become the candidates for the presidential election. I have always said on the show and elsewhere that the impact and influence of the president is all is exaggerated dramatically. It simply, he, she simply doesn't impact our life directly all that much. Not, it isn't zero. I understand that. But so uh, I, I think we need to calm down a little bit and focus on, we're Americans. We get through everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It isn't pretty, and this certainly isn't going to be pretty, but I don't want us to lose our minds unduly, especially as investors, regarding uh, what transpired last night and what might transpire in, in, in prior debates. At the end of the day, hug your kids, kiss your wife, love your mom, and, and it's all going to be fine. So let's just dial it down a lot. Please. All right. Um, first take uh, my slash our portfolio. This is from the Wall Street Journal. It's an op-ed piece by Andy Kessler and um, struck me. Uh, clean power. No thanks to Al Gore. And this isn't going to be the political show. I put everything through the prism of how does it impact investments and ideas. So uh, he he's writing a headline to 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 you know garner some attention. That's okay, I get it. But he also writes nuclear energy took a leap toward being cost effective, yet the green lobby hasn't noticed. And uh, uh, he points out to one uh, new scale cluster. New scale is a company that makes uh, SMRs, uh, small modular reactors, and points to their ability to put. Uh, on thir- uh, a cluster on 30 acres that replaces 11 square miles of solar panels. Uh, New Scale isn't alone. Bill Gates has reportedly invested $500 million or more in TerraPower, which started in 2006, was hoping to build SMRs in China before the Trump trade tensions put the kibosh on those plans. Mike, we've talked about that in prior shows with the excellent Netflix documentary that highlighted this. Uh, Bill Gates is is thoughtful and his intent is positive. And those are my two assumptions. 
and the safety and footprint of the today's nuclear reactor is a completely different animal than what he describes further in the article, which is nuclear needs a, a marketing makeover. Uh, Chernobyl was in the late 70s. The HBO series, you know, uh, uh, regurgitated that horrific uh, accident. But uh, it needs some rebranding. You know, how do we call it carbon-free heavy metals, maybe, or, or particle power, quark spark, anything but nukes, because uh, th- these aren't your grandparents' nuclear uh, reactors anymore. And the uh, as companies and countries reveal plans to be carbon-free, carbon-neutral, etc., by certain dates, it's wind and solar that seems to get the attention, and nuclear doesn't seem to be on the same page. I think it should be. I'm also talking my book. I like uranium, which is why I'm bringing it up in this 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 topic. Um, you know, he writes in the article, Joe Biden has promised to spend two trillion dollars on clean energy. How much of that is nuclear? I don't know. I don't know if Andy knows or or if it's been articulated in his platform or what have you. But uh, so a lot of the the climate change alarmists. Uh, give nuclear short shrift. I think that is going to change, and that's the the thrust of Andy's article, and I think it's a long-term positive for uranium, so please check it out. I leave a link in the show notes if you want to delve into this further. Uh, Next, fan mail. Uh, John from New Jersey asked about uh, ETFs versus mutual funds, and I'll go into the structure first. Uh, Both are simply portfolios of stocks, portfolios of bonds, and then they have different mechanisms as to how you can invest in them and how they trade. By name, exchange traded fund means the the portfolio trades on a stock exchange from 9.30 to 4 every single day. So there's a high, there's a low, there's close and volume. I like that because I like to read the charts. Mutual funds, by contrast, are simply priced at the end of the day, 4 o'clock, one snapshot, all the uh, securities in the portfolio divided by the shares, you get NAV, net asset value, and you buy that the next day. So the only difference is that you could trade the ETFs intraday. That's basically the difference. Uh, is there a mutual fund I like? Now, do, I prefer the ETF format for the reason I just said. I like the liquidity, and I like to, to see the, the chart patterns, which are more meaningful than simply seeing the final uh, NAV at the end of the day in the case of mutual fund charts. Mutual fund I like? No, not really. Uh, now, I haven't been looking for them because uh, I've been focusing on ETFs and finding themes. I believe that stocks move in groups. There's a lot of academic uh, evidence that shows that's the case, that you make most of your money by getting the group right, and stock selection is, is further down the list in order to uh, garner great returns, i.e., if uh, uh, you, you latch onto the cloud computing theme, uh, that's going to get you halfway home, and then picking the right cloud stock, uh, Salesforce or otherwise, is is largely secondary. So that's my view uh, and my take. The um, uh, my next take is uh, that the that FD uh, full disclosure uh, and and algos algorithms and computer trading have made it very tough for active asset managers to outperform, and that's why people are flowing out of mutual funds and going into index funds 
because for a lesser fee, you can get better performance. If you find one, John, that, that does so consistently, invest if it's in line with what you're trying to do. I want our themes, Sue, we'll call it Sue V, silver, uranium, esports, volatility, to be layered on top of an S&P index fund or an international index fund that hopefully you add to dollar cost average in your in your 401k and we generate some extra performance by finding certain themes that we can exploit. So I hope that's been clear. Uh, also, uh, please, if you have ideas, services you'd like me to add, uh, I, uh, I, I encourage you to, to call in and uh, email or, or, or tweet, whatever you want to do, so that I can incorporate them into the show and get better at uh, what we do here. I, uh, we'll go into the, John also asked, talked about politics and, and, and how that influences things. I think that plays into some of the things I'm talking about down the road, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. So stay tuned. Uh, podcasts of the week. This is Scott Galloway. He is the uh, professor of marketing at, at NYU. I think very bright. I think funny. Uh, and uh, this is his uh, Prof G podcast. I'm pretty sure I have that right. And at nine minutes or so, and what I like to do to be full service is I go through all the things that I listen to and read over the course of the week. I do this as if I'm talking to my sons, which I do all the time. And as I'm taking notes, I say, okay, if you want to get to the specific point at nine minutes or so, in this case, Scott talks about ACOM, a term that he has created for algorithm commerce, algorithmic commerce. And I find this fascinating, and I just think his thought process is unique, and I think it bears uh, repeating here. Uh, When Walmart got involved in the TikTok discussions I think we all scratched our heads and said, why is Walmart, a brick-and-mortar retailer, getting into this video service for kids? My description, probably not everybody's. And he makes a very good point of, by combining the Walmart logistics and retail experience with their online capabilities and the TikTok algorithm, that they can go for no-click ordering versus Amazon's one-click ordering that they patented. And we're going to get to a point, probably soon, in his opinion, and I think it makes some sense, that the uh, akin to Netflix, they, Walmart will deliver to you not only what you order, but they will give you another box of things that they think you would like, and you probably will be delighted with them, and you'll keep the majority of them, and then in the third box, you'll send it back. So uh, anticipating what, you, what you'd like from what you've already uh, uh, clicked on and viewed, I think it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't recommend Walmart stock. I don't recommend any stocks, but, um, and I haven't followed Walmart closely, but I recommend the podcast, and I recommend Scott Galloway in following that. In keeping, he has another podcast with Kara Swisher, called Pivot. He talks about the same theme at 48 minutes on, on that this past week. And I just think it it, uh, it bears watching. And also, if it works, who is going to be replicating that in kind? And if you have investment ideas that play into this theme, I am all ears. So uh, I really appreciate it. Next podcast, The James Altucher Show. I talk about him a fair amount. 
Uh, I'm a big fan. I listen to what he puts out weekly, almost wire to wire all the time. I certainly did in this case. This is with Jim McKelvey. He's the co-founder of Square and the vice chairman of the Federal Reserve of St. Louis. And what caught my attention here is uh, Jim's company, Invisibly, which caters towards marketing for for companies uh, digitally. But clever digital poll taking is what I heard, my description, not his, because he segued into taking the same technology and techniques and applying it to three different Democratic primaries and getting all three right within a point. So then obviously the light bulb went off and in 55 minutes he describes applying the same methodology to the national campaign, the presidency, and uh, he is Trump winning. Uh, The traditional polls show Biden leading pretty meaningfully and the the stock market being up favors Trump. So this is his to lose with a month to go, no matter what you think of the uh, the debate last night. So uh, I also had this this conversation with John. The uh, you know, I think politics are are a a peripheral influence on investing. I don't think you should do much of anything. I do think. As an American and as an investor, you should be uh, ready for a Trump win that surprises people and, and uh, uh, from a societal standpoint, creates some uproar. Hopefully not more than an uproar, but, but uh, I think that the conventional wisdom, Biden's leading, Trump's horrible, and uh, Trump's going to lose. And I, I think there's evidence to suggest be prepared for an event that angers half of America. This is Altucher again uh, with Philip Stutz. Uh, Go Big Media is his company. Has a similar kind of uh, a bent of, of uh, advising companies on how to position themselves given what his polling suggests, what his digital marketing expertise points to. At 34 minutes, he says there is no new normal. I think that's right. So I think pining for that is going to be a, a waste of time. Uh, at, at, uh, at 44 minutes in March, only 10% of Americans distrusted the government. That is now at 53 and probably climbing. So be, you know, wary of that. I don't have an investment implication, but I just found it interesting. But this goes again to, to uh, the, the, the difference in the polls versus what he's seeing. In the public polls, if you, if you take the state-by-state uh, standard polls, aggregate them. It has electoral votes, which are the only thing that matter that he points out. All the popular vote things, as Al Gore and Hillary Clinton will tell you, do not matter. So for electoral votes, the traditional polls suggest Biden has 353, Trump has 185 in the bank. You go to the prediction markets, which are the predictits of the world, where it's people betting with real money to, to assign probabilities of outcomes, then they do that on a state-by-state basis and aggregate all of those. That suggests that Biden is at 290 uh, electoral votes, Trump is at 248. Uh, you need 270 to win. Uh, for my Pennsylvania friends, and you're many of you out there, thank you, uh, Pennsylvania is ground zero right now. 
And uh, so if you're wondering why people are knocking on your door and calling you a lot, is that everybody knows that uh, Pennsylvania is a big deal. If uh, uh, Trump wins Pennsylvania, he's got an 84% chance of winning the presidency. If Biden wins, he's got a 93% chance. So uh, keep an eye on Pennsylvania. You're going to be getting a lot of attention in the next uh, month or so. Uh, Florida, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania are very important for Trump. If he wins those, he gets reelected, according to Philip. Uh, I found this fascinating. Uh, according to his work, uh, among African Americans, Trump has a 15% approval rating versus 8. Uh, that surprised me. Maybe it does you. Uh, and it, that was in 2016, so it's improved over the last four years. Uh, Hispanics in Florida are, are for Trump, especially Cubans. Pennsylvania and Wisconsin are going to be two key states for both candidates. Trump is uh, uh, using more door-to-door, ground game, uh, knocking on, on, on doors live to convince people. Uh, a million doors in Pennsylvania alone. Biden is, is almost exclusively using the, the phone. Now, that isn't a huge sway, but it's one to two, maybe three points in certain situations. So, uh, and then I wrote this before the debates, fascinating debates. You might want to pick a different gerund, that's up to you, uh, but, um, or description. Uh, turnout's going to be huge. Uh, 96% Democrats say they're going to turn out. 98% of Republicans say they're going to turn out, so it's likely going to be a record. And then going through the litany of things that, that, that impact uh, opinion, a vaccine coming up. Trump is calling him for that. Uh, the economy, debates, the uh, replacement for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, last-minute scandals. For example, the Access Hollywood debacle uh, happened three weeks before the election uh, uh, in 2016. Woodward's book, and there must be a dozen others, uh, that are, are, are timing their release in the last 60 days before the election, uh, violence on the streets. With all of this, from what I've heard from these two uh, out-of-the-box thinkers and, and with different techniques of assessing the, what uh, voters are really going to do, Trump's going to win. And um, now, things can change, and there are no guarantees. But... This also points to, and this is another uh, uh, podcast that I really enjoy, Adam and Dr. Drew, Adam Carolla, and he points to the, the trend towards participation trophies, that our kids can't be losers, and so that's kind of permeated things over the years, and I think that in either case, the election outcome will not be accepted by half the country, and uh, you don't agree with me, Mike? No. Oh, I, I do agree. I, I don't believe it's going to be accepted regardless of the outcome. You know, both, both sides will reject it. The the so the thought process has been well. Uh, uh, Trump is causing is is creating uncertainty about about mail in ballots or what have you. But I think if Trump wins, even by a wide margin, I think Biden's going to challenge it because there's no downside. Uh, but so uh, that's why I think November third's important. But then I think the ensuing days to January twentieth are important. And I just get you ready for this because I think it's going to drag on for weeks. I think volatility has to increase. I'm amazed it hasn't done more so by now, but there's a lot of wood to chop. And last night, sure, this heck didn't help in my opinion. It doesn't seem bullish to me. 
All right, let's go to Reporters of the Week. This is Barron's, uh, Alexandra Skaggs. How to recognize the growing risk, uh, the ranks of, of zombie companies. And this is uh, the, the share of co- listed companies that are losing money and heavily indebted. Uh, the trend is not going well. And this is a longer-term chart. You know when I talk about charts, I, I urge you to look at the time frame. This goes back to, to 85. And uh, that uh, that is a um, uh, you know a pretty persistent trend hitting new highs and so before you invest in individual companies or individual themes you know check out the balance sheets of the uh, the companies that you invest in so that you don't uh, uh, get whacked frankly the next chart is a shorter term chart I noticed this on the drive over this is from 2010 the the market low but uh, companies with interest coverage less than one, meaning they can't cover their interest payments, and it's breaking out. And uh, so, again, and what I do, I should have put it in the, in the notes, you can go to Yahoo Finance and uh, uh, plug in a symbol, and you can look at interest coverage and debt ratios and things like that just as a, as a final check so that you're not getting into a situation where maybe you think a dividend that, that uh, a company is offering is safe and it isn't, and dividend cuts really hurt stocks. But this, uh, and then now this might be very energy-centric. I don't really know, but it, it's, it's uh, uh, an item that caught my attention and I thought you ought to be aware of. Um, the healthcare roundtable in Barron's I thought was fascinating, uh, especially Lauren Rubin's uh, article. And uh, we've talked about Jeff Porges in the past, uh, I, I work with him. He's on the sell side. I was on the buy side and think he's very thoughtful. He is now with uh, SVB Larink, and he was also on the Barron's Roundtable TV show this weekend. And it was the most uh, stark portrayal uh, I've heard of expectations versus realities for vaccines. We've had a lot of questions on the show, Mike, about this. And uh, But this is the first sentence that came out of the interview. We've spent a lot of time trying to figure out whether drug companies will make any profit from COVID-19 treatments or vaccines. Any profit. I thought, okay, there might be, it won't be the same margins as the rest of the business, but I never thought of it being, being break-even across the board. And so... Uh, the investment company has swung from the investment community has swung from thinking the virus would be a windfall for the pharma and biotech companies to more or less discounting the expected value of vaccines and ther- therapeutics. I think that's out of consensus. I and I look at the the ETFs, the XBI, and and uh, and uh, uh, the other biotech uh, ETFs, and I think expectations are are somewhat elevated. And I didn't realize this. He, he points to Gilead uh, has round tripped, and um, uh, and he talks about the forecasting assignment he has, which I don't envy. Don't know who the buyers of these products will be. Don't know what the prices will be. Don't know what the competitive landscape will look like, or even if the products will work. That's four pretty tough gauntlets to get through. So here's Gilead uh, popping from the '60s to the '80s. Coming back down to the 60s, and this might be happening in, 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 in other areas of uh, the COVID plays, if you will, and so I urge caution. Um, he also talks about medical professionals 
that he talks to are profoundly skeptical about the basis of EUA approval, emergency use acceptance administration. I forget the, 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 the exact acronym. But if you map out the timeline for a more general recommendation uh, with adequate safety characterization, that doesn't happen to the second quarter of next year. And again, I don't think that's consensus. I think uh, 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 President Trump last night inferred there'd be a, a, a vaccine before the election. So uh, I, I'm going to take Jeff's expertise and leanings on this with his bias or lack thereof versus President Trump's. And I think that we have to tamp down investor enthusiasm for COVID vaccines and therapeutics and societal uh, economies opening up, getting back to normal expectations as well, given what I heard from Jeff over the weekend. So I think buy the rumor, selling the news is a bigger risk than many people believe. That's my take. Uh, Next, charts and tweets of the week. SPACs seem to be uh, in the news every single day. There seems to be uh, uh, another company that is is um, uh, being acquired by a SPAC. And uh, my thoughts here are that SPAC highs match stock market highs. I'm looking at the 07 bar here and the 2020 bar here. There are differences. There's no question about it. But when you go into bear markets, SPACs evaporate. So the fact that SPACs are hitting new highs and have been hitting since 2017 suggests that uh, a level of froth. I'll just leave it at that. Some may be great, but some may be Nikola. And, and that uh, fiasco un- unfolds every single day. And I don't think it would have if it weren't for the SPAC format. So not all SPACs are bad. Some SPACs are probably very good. They probably acquire companies thoughtfully. And it does bypass the IPO process. But uh, the fact that they're so popular suggests that, uh, you know, we're near stock market highs, not lows. The Bear Traps Report this week, I think this is a great uh, uh, service. And uh, I was surprised by the, the heavy amount of copper that's used in electrical vehicle, electric vehicles. Uh, uh, apparently much more so than in traditional combustion engine vehicles. And I, I just never thought of it before, uh, you know, 82 pounds in a, in a, in a, in a car and, and uh, uh, what have you. And there's a lot of great expectations, and rightfully so, about what happens over the next five to seven years in terms of electric vehicle sales. But the need for copper, at least, is is going to increase in lockstep and may hinder some of those assumptions because of the availability. Over the last swoon in commodity prices, $3 trillion of CapEx have come out of the system. So their point, and I think I agree with them, is that the risk-reward in the commodity and resource space looking out over the next three years is pretty good. We see it in uranium, we see it in silver, and I'm looking at copper, especially CPER, that particular ETF, which looks the best to me to have an attractive setup uh, as we go forward. I am not recommending it. Uh, I have not bought it, but I'm, I'm, uh, it's on my list that I go through every single day, and I'm looking for copper. And again, I'd love to get your viewpoint. What are you seeing in, in, in 
the the things that you read, the podcast you listen to, that maybe I should include in the show. The next chart is the commodity super cycle, and this is the percentage of commodities in the the stock market. And a lot of this is oil going from 140 to 40. But look at this. I mean, commodities are uh, redheaded stepchildren in terms of, of the stock market right now. And um, uh, there's no immediate catalyst for a, 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 an abrupt turn or a spike to the upside. But whenever you get to something that's, that's at a multi-year extreme, in this case going back to 1969, I pay attention and my antenna are out for uh, commodity uh, uh, themes that I should exploit. And I invite you to join with me and, and give me your input as well. Um, uh, for example, soybeans cropped up. And, and I try to read charts by covering the upper left so I don't, my bias doesn't come into the case. I don't do it all the time, and I don't do it as much as I probably should. But I, you know, I know charts that, that where something new is happening, volume is picking up, and prices are going up. Uh, soybeans have gone from 1327 to 16 plus. Now they're consolidating. So it's an example of the kind of, of theme where uh, there could be opportunities down the road. And again, I welcome your feedback as always. Okay, that's the show. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at BakesTakes underscore and other social media. Please use your voice memo app or tape a video, uh, uh, an email to Bakes at BakesTakesPodcast.com. Write if you prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Uh, thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Have a great week. Uh, this is Bakes. Much need of levity, and boy, we need some more levity. Uh, so uh, I tripled up on, on, on the levity in the levity department this week. Uh, Anthony Jeselnik, uh, this is from the Trump roast before he became a candidate. Uh, it was simply during the Apprentice days. And yes, there's some salty language. You won't hear it on the on the uh, podcast itself. But if you go to the link and his YouTube uh, post, and it is very very funny. And uh, mildly inappropriate, but very funny. Uh, next, he appears on a podcast with Greg Rosenthal, who is an NFL analyst, Erica Tamposi, an NFL producer, and they just have a great banter. It's funny. They recommend uh, books and and and, uh, and 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 films, and it is a real. I really recommend it highly. They just uh, started up on a new one after Comedy Central didn't renew them, and they're at. I'm forgetting the new channel, but it's 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 the Jesselnik Rosenthal Vanity Project JRVP, uh, and I recommend it. And then because of the loser trophy uh, that I uh, alluded to earlier, Christopher Titus has a great bit, and I recommend that as well. Have a great week. This is Bakes. Keep smiling. Take care. Bye bye.